This is a Rooster Teeth production. Episode 19, we talked about Taco Bill. Uh, it's a lot of Australia talk, uh, booking the wrong flight to Australia, uh, how Brisbane is a fighting town, $100 Japanese whiskey, um, how just changing in drinking sort of happened throughout your lives, um, and Cornholio. But that was all episode 19. This is episode 20. Episode 20. Good morning, uh, Gus. Uh, it's not morning, it's afternoon. Good afternoon uh, via morning, Gus. We uh, we are still drinking coffee though. I picked up coffee from Joe's. Do you go to the drive-through on Hancock? Yeah, just, it, like we're, we're we're taping this at the studio today just because of time constraints. So uh, I had to find a coffee, a local coffee shop that was close by that we hadn't done, and so I just went to the Joe's over there at Hancock Center. I actually stopped. So I used to be a big fan of Joe's, the one on uh, not the one on South Congress that everybody goes. The I love you so much mm-hmm. Joe's, although I've. Ever, we've all been there, right? Yeah. But there was the one that opened up on Second Street. Oh yeah. Oh wait, was that in Austin Java? No, it's always been a Joe's. There what? was an Austin Java across the street. Okay. But the on I, the, on I used the, to go to the I used to go to the Austin Java. <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, I was just I was just telling Emily about Austin Java. Let me let, let, put a pin in that. I want to talk about Austin Java for a second because maybe you can help me jog a memory. Uh, but uh, for a long time, I was going to that Joe's. This is like when Millie was just like a toddler, mm-hmm. right? Went all the time and kind of became a regular because Second Street District was kind of happening. It was kind of exciting. It was like the start of it. It was the start of something. And it was like, it was kind of fun. It was kind of like when Rainy Street first started with like Garage Mahal and Mm -hmm. you were like, oh, this is kind of, this kind of cool. You had no idea. You couldn't draw the line out and see what was going to happen. People still lived there. uh, Yeah, people still lived there, right? But uh, so I would go to that Joe's like every Sunday. And I went for like months. I actually knew one of the guys that worked there because he had been like a roommate of a neighbor of mine. And so I felt like a local. And one of the ladies, this is like maybe the 30th time I'd been to Joe's and ordered the same thing, uh, this broken egg sandwich they have. And uh, this lady goes, uh, who I thought I was like, like on a friendly basis with, Mm -hmm. you know? Like a regular basis. With. She was about to correct you. Yeah. I, I get the, and, I get the, uh, fe- I get the feeling. And I go in, and one day, and she goes, uh, she goes here, and she goes, so where are you guys in, in town from? And I go, <laughs> what do you mean? She goes, well, I, are you visiting Austin? And I was like, no, I live here. And she goes, you live here? And I go, yeah, I'm here every, I order from you all the time. And she's like, huh, why do you come here? <laughs> and I'm like, why wouldn't I? And she's like, I was just mostly tourists. And that, oh, yeah, and, that and, area. Like, and I stopped coming after that. I was like, oh, I felt weird. So. Yeah, because you have to like make an effort to go there. Yeah. It's not convenient. The only reason I would go to the Austin Java is like if I had meetings downtown, mm-hmm. like when we were doing RTX planning stuff, uh, it was convenient. It was right there. Uh, so that that's why I would go to that Austin Java. I don't think you're involved in this memory, but maybe you are. The original, or at least the first Austin Java I was aware of was at like 11th and Lamar. Across the street from the tavern. Yeah, kind of, yeah, right? yeah. Right over there, it closed down. Yeah, it closed fairly recently. I don't like Austin Java because of that location and a bad experience I had. But I don't remember what the bad experience <laughs> was. It's but fun- it was so long ago that I remember I don't like it. Jeff. And But I have no memory of why I don't like it. I never liked that location either. Really? I like going to Austin Java. I would never go to that location. What? I don't know why, though. Did something happen Some, to us? Something must have happened to us. Because I like <laughs> I have a visceral reaction when I drive by it. And honestly, this is petty, but when I drive by it and it's all spray painted and closed down, I go, good. <laughs> and I don't know why. Wow. And I was even thinking to myself the other day, like, this is dumb that you are irrationally against this location and you don't even know why. Like, your anger shouldn't outlive the that, memory of the anger. That's what being old is. Uh, yeah. 
It's dumb. It's funny. I have no idea why. I I, I don't remember the la- the last time I probably went to that was tw- almost twenty years ago. Probably Question me too. Mark? Yeah. Probably I don't me know. too. Uh, I don't know. I I never like going to that location. I think I think I might have been to that location. Last time I went to that location might have been two wives ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> it might be pre-rooster teeth. Yeah, yeah and I yeah, just yeah. don't know why. But I had a like I hate it. Same, and I don't know why. Yeah, the one, the one downtown, second's fine. It's, I never, I there. never went to that one because I didn't like the. Yeah, other. It's fine. Your hate extended to other ones. Well, same company, right? But but, but, I, but I have no why. Yeah. I know. No, it makes no sense. Would I you recognize go now? how? I feel like I have. to I feel like now. we need to do an episode of Austin. We, Java. I feel we like, have to. I have. I feel like I need an Austin Java Redemption episode okay. because well. I don't want to carry this anger and vitriol for mm-hmm. some for some uh, slight that happened to me so long ago. I don't remember the slight. We'll take our next episode there. We'll, yeah, we'll, uh, yeah. The Austin Java Redemption. I already we should, named it. Yeah, the Austin Java Redemption would be really good. You should go in and like sort of like, you know, shake shake hands with the employees. It's funny because the location I'm thinking of is right across you from that Joe's. They're going to ask us the same thing. What yeah. are you all in town for? <laughs> <laughs> Recording a podcast while you're visiting Austin? There is nothing worse than thinking you're a local or a regular at yep. a place and finding out you are not. I had to stop going to one coffee shop because I, ca- I became too much of a regular. Um, that f- That flight path. Uh, where we did episode like two there. I yeah. just had uh, coffee with Trevor there over the weekend, actually. Uh, it's really close to the studio, and I used to stop in all the time, every, almost every morning coming into the office. And uh, at one point, they... Ch- like, I would always get the double Americano. And at one point, they changed the way they made double Americano so it was less water, and so the Americano was stronger, and it came in a small, like a shorter cup. Mm. Totally fine. Uh, but I liked it more the old way. So I got in the habit of asking if they could make it the old way in the taller cup. Yeah. Uh, and so I started going there so often that I would walk in the door and they would start making it immediately. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, one, I can never get anything different. Two, I am now that asshole yep. who asks for something in a, spe- such a, in a very specific way. way. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, shit. Here he is. I had to stop going. Yeah. No, no fault of theirs. It's my fault. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. Yeah. The, if anything, they were doing their job too well. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I. I. That. That's why I was glad when we did the episode there that Eric went in. (laughs) 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 Are there. Uh. Are there any places in town where you have uh, an irrational or maybe irrational hatred for like that that you're just like I uh, that place doesn't exist to me like I feel about the original Austin Java or at least the I'm sure if we drove around I could find point out some fucky places yeah plenty of places like that um off the top of my head. Hmm. No, nothing off the top of my head that I can think of right now. Do you have more fuck you places? Same. I probably. I I'm, probably I'm sure do. I do. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I I'll make a do. list as I'm driving around uh, of places that. Do you I, I have hate. fuck you places? What? Uh, that's the title of this episode. <laughs> that's absolutely. Now. I'm changing everything so it's that. I uh, didn't realize that you guys had that. Oh yeah. Spite. Oh, Spike. Didn't we talk about this the other, like, dude, Spike is one of the reasons this company exists. Like, (laughs) yeah, we've covered the Spike angle in the past. Um, I saw, so I was thinking the other day, uh, in between the last time I recorded an episode and this one, about how, you know, how much we've talked about the past and places we used to go. And we've talked about going downtown. We've talked about casino extensively. Yeah. But I realized we've left a rather large (laughs) blind spot. In our uh, in our old trips downtown, I think you're. Uh, are you about to mention oceans? No. Well, we we kind of briefly mentioned them. This other place we've not even mentioned at all. Bill McCabe's. The Ritz. Oh, the Ritz. 
which is yeah. like an old bar that eventually became the Alamo Ritz downtown. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It was an before awesome it was the, bar. Before it was the Ritz, it was a place called the Roxy, I think. But it was the Ritz for the, long time. The whole time we went there. And it was like anytime we were going downtown, it was we were always either at Casino or the Ritz. Yeah. It was just like a little further down on the right and they had like it was a big open space, had like foosball tables, great jukebox, that little balcony. Pool. Played a lot of pool there. <laughs> yeah. It was it was definitely like a, a really cool hangout spot. I remember when they finally closed that place down in Oh four, oh five. I don't remember when the fuck that was. Like, I was really sad about that. It was it might have been a little later. A little later than that. Yeah. yeah, I don't fucking remember. It's been. But you're right. Yeah, I, we used to hang out there a lot with Frank. Yeah, yeah. And you guys used to, dude. Can I tell you something? I do not Ooh. like foosball, dude. I thought he, he was going to say I don't like Frank. No, <laughs> I, I love Frank. I I love Frank as much as anybody can love Frank. I. I do not like foosball. I've never liked so foosball. So much fun. I, I fucking hate it. I don't think it's fun to play. Uh, and Gus and Frank would sit there and play foosball for hours, and I would be like, I would be so fucking it's tuned out. So do not want to turn. So much fun. Don't. I'd go over and play pool by myself or with some other dude. It's funny that your memory was playing pool because like I never played pool at the Reds. I, I played play pool all the time because I hate pool. Yeah. I can't stand playing pool. Maybe that's why it worked as a good compromise. Do you remember when? Lance McKee stole Nito Burrito's phone and went into the bathroom and took a picture of his dick. I and totally then didn't forgot tell him. about that. And then Nito Burrito got so fucking angry. He was so <laughs> mad about Dude, it. I totally he forgot was about so that. For mad. some reason, you tell me. He's like, it's not, it's, not, it's not a good dick. You shouldn't be taking pictures of it. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be impressed. And Lance is like, hey, it's the only one I got. He didn't give a fuck. He was unfazed. Lance was, Lance was awesome. Or he was awesome. Um, when you mentioned that, for some reason now, like I can instantly. Repicture the Ritz bathroom in my mind. Like I know the exact layout of that bathroom. I haven't been in that bathroom in probably you know, close to twenty years now. I know that I like if that bathroom was like I could walk in with my eyes closed right now into that bathroom and go take a piss if I needed to. <laughs> we spent so much time at the fucking Ritz, and one of the reasons I thought I was thinking about the Ritz was there was a a pretty popular post on the Austin subreddit. Um, shout out to the Austin subreddit. Was uh, it the guy who's like, "I miss the way Austin used to be"? Do you want to reminisce with me? <laughs> Well, the, Whoa, somebody posted that? Not quite like that. This one was more like, this one was titled Austin in the late 90s. And it was posted by Warped Aura TV. And he just wrote like, I'm just curious how many people in here were residents who remember Austin in the late 90s. And he talks about like his favorite places at the time and what he was doing. And the whole thread, it's it's not like anyone bitching. Or, the, the whole thread's kind of like this podcast. Or just people reminiscing about uh, places that were important to them, places they thought were really cool back then. And like what happened to it. And it's just like, Going through and reading it, some places we mentioned, like one person talked about uh, Wan Fu, <laughs> uh, the one over there at Wickersham. Oh, Airport. right, right. I did see that. They were saying that they used to live across the street from it or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there were like a bunch of other uh, like bars and restaurants and stuff that it's not, it's not, there weren't a ton of places that I felt like we, we frequented, but it was some places I was like, oh, right, right. Like I forgot about that. Like someone mentioned, uh, th- these weren't, bars that we went to regularly but like the copper tank uh yeah that was like kind of a dish play that wasn't really our speed but it was like down the road or someone else mentioned uh did that place burn down or something no they it might have eventually they closed on their own remember then it became like an like event, event space, space for a but long I remember time there being a fire or something there. there may have been yeah and then uh it's like we did an rt thing there once or something maybe we did it was an event space we did yeah. uh, a long time ago um of course like liberty lunch the ginger man which i think we did mention uh, El Soli La Luna. Remember that was back when it was like on South Congress. Dude, El Soli La Luna was my face, my my first va- uh, like breakfast spot in Austin. Mm-hmm. 
way back in the day. It became they moved over to Sixth Street, and mm-hmm. then that location became the snack bar over there, like next to Austin Motel on yeah. South Congress. And now it's something else. Now it's called jo- it's Joanne's. It's good. I've been there. Is I it? ate there a couple weeks ago. I only go really there for good. fabric. Joanne's, yeah. Um, and yeah, and it, it was just interesting going through and reading, essentially what was other people's. Anma. Um, Is that the name of the show? <laughs> OPA. OP Anma. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was just uh really interesting. But there were also some places I don't remember at all. Okay. Bob Popular? I know the name. Do you? Okay. It was not a bar we would have gone to. Okay, yeah. Um the the other places this person mentioned in addition to Bob Popular were all like places we wouldn't go to. Right. The right. ones I recognize was like Bob Popular, Paradox. The Roxy, Spiros, Element, Asukar. Oh God, I remember Spiros? Oh yeah, um, yeah. But, those but, were not those places were not our scene. No, not at all. But uh, when I read that guy's post about Paradox, it reminded me about like a phenomenon in the late '90s that thankfully died. I remember Paradox. I remember they had radio ads all the time mm-hmm. because they had foam parties. parties. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I totally forgot about foam parties and how that was a thing for a while in the late it's '90s. A big when, deal. Yeah, I was like, oh. What's a foam party? Oh, you just fill the club with foam, and it's disgusting and yeah. filthy, and you don't know if you're, like, kicking someone on the ground who's jacking off or fucking or something. <laughs> Absolutely. The worst. I think Paradox was another reason we stayed away from Paradox. It was, like, more of a dance place. Yeah. Uh, I think it was 18 and up. It was, it was 18 like and you, up. You and I don't want anything to do with... If I remember, I think it was also open till like, 4 a.m. Probably, I, yeah. Yeah. It was... Uh, since it was 18 and up, then they didn't, like, I guess they could stay open past last call, and people would just end up going there and, I don't know, doing fighting? Yeah, just, just yeah. It's like, paradox! I remember their fucking commercials. Um, I, that's, that's the worst time to be downtown, or at least, I'm sure it's the same now, I haven't been downtown in years but it was always the worst time to be down there was right after last call you get if you're a dude walking around at last call on 6th street there's like a 25 percent chance you're gonna get into a fight yeah whether you started someone might just come up and start a fight with you it's like stay the fuck away from that part of town at that time it's not worth it absolutely not it's just it's just angry aggro dudes that didn't meet any girls uh looking to that are too drunk and ready to fight yeah it's happened to us, not at last call, but just walking down the street. There was Tons. that one time at um, the one that always stands out is we were doing the screening at the draft house, the original location, and uh, we'd seen we screened season one. We'd seen season one a thousand times. So Ugh. while it was playing, we ducked out. We're gonna go to the. I think we're going to Fado right around the corner from there. Yeah, remember there was that dude behind me who wanted to fight me for some reason. Mm-hmm. He just started screaming at me, and like his friends had to come and pull him away. Yeah, just walking down the street. Yeah, just just walking down the street, going to a bar, and like some dude decides you're the target. You're gonna you're you're the asshole. <laughs> Do you remember a bar? Uh, it's it's kind of where. Um, fuck, man, what was that place we used to always go to to eat lunch at? That was like a bar restaurant, and uh, on Sixth Street, a little further down west, on the left, the Belmont, the Belmont. Oh, the Belmont, yeah. yeah. Uh, Do you? There was a place close to the Belmont, and then like maybe south a block or half a block that you and my first wife and I tried to go to one night, and I don't remember why. I think a friend from work or somebody had invited us there, and it wasn't our speed. And we didn't want to go. And we walked up, and I was wearing a Ramones t-shirt, and they wouldn't let me in. 
And they were like, I'm sorry, you can't wear that T-shirt in here. And I was like, why? And he's like, it's not appropriate. And I go, it's, and I was like, okay, well, I have a, I was like, you got a collared shirt on. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I have a different T-shirt in my, in my yeah. car. I'll just go put it on. And he goes, don't bother. Whoa. And I was like, why? He goes, you're never, it's never going to be the right shirt for you. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. What was what's that? Um, I want to say it wasn't even like a nice place or anything. It might have been like the Fox and the Hound or something. Might have been something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the Fox and the Hound. Could have been it. Because it was right around that area. Yeah. It was like where the old uh, Waterloo Brewery and eventually the Ginger Man yep. was. Like the Ginger Man was right next to the Fox and the Hound, if I remember right. So uh, it would have been right around there, mm. I think. Um. Yeah, it's funny that it's funny to think that there were places like that with that gatekeeping element way back then. Because I felt like that it's still true to a lesser extent, but definitely back then, like nobody really cared what you were wearing or Mm -hmm. what you looked like in most places that Mm -hmm. you went to. There were definitely like some uppity, maybe kind of douchey places. Very not Austin, right? So it's it's strange to think that that was happening all the way back then. I feel like you definitely see that a lot more now. I think the photo, the black and white photo that Tim Pipe took of me and you and Becca and her friend Dory. Do you remember that one? Yeah. It's a cute photo. It's just like, we just look really happy in it and young. Uh, I think that photo was taken at the Ritz. Was it? I thought that photo was taken at Red Fez. I, why would we go to Red Fez? I didn't hang I out think there. we, I think, wasn't that, <laughs> okay, I don't know. If, tell me if we have to edit this story, if we have okay. to cut this. This, I thought that photo was taken the night that... Yeah, cut that part. <laughs> cut, don't cut the conversation. Cut that part. Uh-huh. Uh, and you are correct. We were at Red Fest. Yeah. <laughs> you jogged my memory. Yeah, we, I, I'm pretty sure that that's the reason I remember that. Night. Yeah, yeah was, I, I, that I think that, that was at Red Fest, um, which was not a place that we would typically go to. That was over on West 5th. Yeah. Um, God, I don't even know what's there now. Rainbow Cattle Company? Is that Was that still there? It was like right around that area? I don't think it's <laughs> still there, but it's that area, yeah. It was a, There was another bar you used to go to sometimes by yourself. It was right it was, next to there. What was that place called? I don't remember. Blue? No, no. The, I'm just saying that because it was Red Fest. Red Fest. It's like W something or? It was like right next it was to like a me, It was like a meat market yeah. <laughs> for like... Uh, and I remember that's where you like Gus was, you know, Gus was single dude. He was trying to date, but he did not want to date it, around me. So he would like go to bars without me to by himself. Was it well, like a secret Gus situation? Well, no, no, it was, no it, I think it's it was more, more of like he didn't want me cramping his style, which I got. Well, like Jeff would, if I was trying to meet someone, Jeff would be making fun of me the whole time. It's ter- <laughs> terrible for your confidence, one. Uh, and then two, Jeff's also married. Like, you know, yeah. what's he going to do? Like going to, going to a place like that. Like, his only entertainment wingman. is to make fun of me. <laughs> Uh, which again goes back, and I, 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 I had no confidence to begin with, so going negative on the confidence would have uh, would have definitely been a uh, killer. <laughs> that's totally fair. Yeah, and and I mean, look, I that's the way. It, that's just the way it works. I am completely aware that uh, I have not always been easy to be friends with. <laughs> it's been it's been fun. Yeah, it's been funny most of the time. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what else was around? God, there? I wish I could remember the name of that place. I can fucking see it. Yeah, it's like it was, all blue inside. Yeah, that, that's why I want to say it was called Blue Something, but I, I know I'm just saying <sighs> that because the Red Fez was right there, right next door. Red Fez was a place that was prettier than it was cool. Yeah, like it looked really nice from the outside. Didn't it eventually? Was it a hookah bar as well at the mm, time? Or was I think that it later? started as one, and then it like it kind of transitioned out of that. Yeah, they got yeah. rid of that and just became a bar. Uh, hookah, I felt like that was another. Weird fad in the early 2000s where like hookah bars tried to become a thing. Yeah. And then you realize like, oh, 
this is like smoking a pack of cigarettes in one sitting. Like this is this is awful for it's you. It's kind of gross. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Yeah. I can't imagine uh, that being the thing anymore. Hookah bars and phone parties, man. What a fucking night in downtown Austin. <laughs> that's that's 1998 in Austin, right? Yeah. Uh, the old days. Um, How was that getting around at that time? It, I mean, it was a small, it's a small place, but like the roads are so goddamn confusing out here to begin with. Uh and it's not like you could GPS your phone in 99, right? Like I think what we used to do typically when we would go anywhere downtown is we'd find a place to park and then just walk everywhere. So it's like we would have regular parking spots we would always hit up and then start from there. And it was honestly until about 98, 99, it was now maybe about 2001. Yeah. It was still like... Like, you could go to Emo's and park in front of Emo's. Yeah, we'd park, you'd park on Red River. You could go to any bar. Like, not all the time, but I remember, like, there, and there were the secret spots. There was the Texas Teachers Association, which you would park at if you were going... On the north uh, side. On the north side. There was... Uh, I mean, honestly, we, you can park under the bridge now. I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, the, also, would not recommend that. But it used to be a very easy yeah. place to go. That's where everybody who went to Sixth Street parked, and everybody on Sixth Street who was like on Sixth Street on a Friday night, they all fit into the park into the parks <laughs> into that parking lot. Like it was that's how much smaller it was. Like everybody went and parked there. Yeah, it's it's funny. I felt like uh, last year, or the year before, there was a there was an aerial photo of downtown Austin again posted in the Austin subreddit, and it was amazing how many parking lots there were. Yeah. It was, uh, there weren't very many buildings. There was still a lot of empty land uh, in downtown Austin. So uh, even if, like we we always look for the free places to park. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to pay to park, there were definitely plenty of yeah, if you places were, like, you go to pay. If you were fucking rich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or if uh, there were all, and this continues to this day, there are also all plenty of free places where a dude will stand there and pretend he's working. And yeah. you have to pay him to be able to park in the lot. Oh, a lot yeah. of that. Yeah, definitely a, a very common scam. And and of course, uh, the people who say, uh, my, my other favorite is the people who say that if you give them five bucks, they'll watch your car for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, cool. You're going to fuck with my car if yeah. I don't give you five. Like the, the very veiled uh, threat against your car. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> the, the simple grifts back then, Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, I... I the, I guess eventually everyone must have like a, a tank for that stuff. And as the years go on, it fills up and fills up. And finally you reach one day where you're like, that's it. Yep. I'm not doing this anymore. Yep. I'm, uh, I, I would never, you couldn't pay me enough money to park under the bridge and make the walk from there up to casino on 6th on Street. Yeah. Like Even though it's only like two or three blocks. Ugh, be the worst three blocks of your life. Um, they're trying. To, aren't they trying to revitalize that Waller Creek area right there? Speaking of that little area, I uh, mean, haven't down? they been talking about revitalizing the Waller Creek but area they, since we moved here? Aren't they putting? Aren't they genuinely putting money into it? Like they're trying to make like a a river walk. I fucking I wish they would. There's a lot of untapped potential there, and I mean, God knows, you and I had to explore every inch of that fucking area when yeah. we were, you know. Are you talking about what's behind like the Four Seasons? That's right there. That's a little all, like, the- north. I'm thinking like on Sabine, where Sabine crosses Sixth Street, like where the Easy Tiger used to be. Like, oh, okay. But yeah, 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 it does eventually yes. end down there by yeah, yeah. Uh, um, the Four Seasons. I think is that not the reason that the Easy Tiger left or whatever? That like they're trying to do stuff. Oh, is there? It, I thought they. I, I, I don't know. I, I thought, thought they just got I, fed I, up I, with okay. that location. It's just a fucking dog shit location that's hard to get get to. Yeah. I, that location was packed all the time too. Yeah. Like that Easy Tiger was such an easy place to take people when you were already downtown, and then it's like. Well, there's nowhere to sit. Oh, we can sit outside. 
We're getting eaten by bugs. <laughs> yeah, it's right next to that not moving swamp ass yeah. water. <laughs> I will say at Christmas time they do a uh, like a like a light display art exhibit under it that's like four blocks long. It's, I always check out. It's really cool. They do. Yeah. How long have they been? I, I, I mean, I don't know if they've done it post COVID, okay. but like when I was living downtown, I did. I went really? to it two years in a row, and I then the year after I went back. Yeah, it's really cool. It was really cool. They just held the. Pecan Street Festival for the first time, Spino Cove, for the first time since COVID, like two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, did you ever ever go to that? I used to go all the time. I didn't go to this one because I didn't know about it. Um, it's also, Pecan Street Festival is another one of those things where like I hear about it and I get excited for like a street festival. Like, oh, that sounds cool. And then you go down there and you go like, I don't want to buy any, I don't want to buy a picture that somebody painted on a saw blade. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to buy um, Dippin' Dots. So I guess, uh, you know, it's kind of, Cool idea, but I not for me anymore. You know, I'm glad that it exists for a place where kids can go get face painted and and uh, and people can buy folk art. You know, but mm -hmm. not you're not a folk art kind of guy. No. <laughs> Remember that guy who used to uh, like sit on the sidewalk and like do spray painting paintings. That dude was revolutionary. You, he, you big fan? So that's talking about art. Maybe one ask not a big fan. Well, I mean, like I once again, I would never want a poster board spray painted to look like uh, an alien landscape with seven moons in the sky and a bunch of stars but it was like he would there's a been a version of this guy in every city in america yeah right but the guy that would come and do it in austin in the mid 90s was really good at it and it was just fun to watch him so you would you would post up at the parking lot on the west side, northwest side of Red River, which which would be where he was, yeah, right there, and he would have a crowd of like fifty people around him just at all, all night, and he would just like spray paint, put a thing up, take him like fifteen minutes to to make his like spaceship fucking lunar escape thing he would do and then he'd just set it off to the side to dry and then he'd start on the next one and people would just buy him for like 50 bucks a pop Jesus. and then they'd walk around with a fucking giant poster board <laughs> yeah. like all night <laughs> as it just got destroyed because they were fucking getting hammered at Blind Pig Pub or wherever yeah. but it was awesome he was really good he was very good very yeah, good I like, and he, and I, I, he must have cleaned up because he was always had a crowd mm -hmm. and he never had a huge backlog of paintings for sale no it seemed like as he was making them someone would give him 50 bucks and buy one and he would just you know sit there for a couple hours I feel, like, I feel like there was him and there was the old dude who always wore the sunglasses and wore the and had the gold crown. Talk about who, the King of Sixth Street? King of Sixth Street. Yeah. And he would always just like play his guitar with his amp. He That was around that era too. Yeah, he was a little further down. What was that bar called? Fat Tuesdays? Was yeah. Is that what it was called? I think so. Yeah. yeah. He, he'd sit out there and uh, yeah, just he was great. play his guitar and uh, wear his shades and people would give him money. Those were, those were like, and then Leslie, of course, uh, who if you have any familiarity with Austin... I feel, you, you know who Leslie was. I feel like he has been brought up very frequently on the Austin, speaking of the Austin subreddit again, very frequently on the Austin subreddit yeah. lately. They, well, I mean, it was that, those were like the cast of characters downtown back then. Mm -hmm. And then Bobby. Was that his name, Bobby? Billy. 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 Uh, the less said about Billy, the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's a very specific uh, <laughs> person that we encountered frequently downtown. When we worked downtown. From New Line Cinema, Dwayne Johnson stars in the action-adventure Black Adam. The first ever feature film to explore the story of the DC superhero comes to the big screen under the direction of Jomé Colette Serra, who you may know from Jungle Cruise. 
In ancient Kandak, Teth Adam was bestowed the almighty powers of the gods. After using these powers for vengeance, he was imprisoned, becoming Black Adam. Nearly 5,000 years have passed, and Black Adam has gone from man to myth to legend. Now released, his unique form of justice, born out of rage, is challenged by modern-day heroes who form the Justice Society. Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Adam Smasher, and Cyclone. Noah Centineo as Adam Smasher, Sarah Shahi, Marwan Kenzari, Quintessa Swindell as Cyclone, Mo Amer as Modi Sabangui, and Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. Colette Sarah directed from a screenplay written by Adam Stekiel and Rory Haynes and Sorab Noshiravni, based on characters from DC, based on characters created by Bill Parker and C.C. Beck. The film's producers are Bo Flynn, Hiram Garcia, Dwayne Johnson, and Danny Garcia, with Toby Emmerich, Richard Brenner, Dave Neustetter, Chris Pan, uh, Walter Hamada, Adam Schlegman, Jeff Johns, Eric McLeod, and Scott Sheldon, executive producing. The director's behind-the-scenes creative team includes Oscar-nominated director of photography, Lawrence Scher, production designer, Tom Mayer, editors, Mike Sale and John Lee, costume designers, Kurt and Bart, Oscar-winning visual effects supervisor, Bill Westenhofer, and composer, Lorne Balfe. New Line Cinema presents a Seven Bucks Flynn Company production, a Jomay Colette Sarah film, Black Adam, smashing into theaters and IMAX internationally beginning on October 19th in North America on October 21st, uh, 2022. It'll be distributed worldwide by Warner Brothers Pictures. You can watch Black Adam in theaters and IMAX internationally October 19th and in North America October 21st. You've got back-to-back meetings, errands to run, chores to take care of. What's the secret to clearing your to-do list? Well, it's a little help from DoorDash. You can get dinner, household essentials, everything on your grocery list delivered. Along with the restaurants you love, you can now get groceries and other essential items delivered with DoorDash. Get drinks, snacks, other household items in under an hour. Every time you place an order for pickup or delivery, you're setting off a chain reaction that helps give back to the people who make your neighborhood unique. With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, Cheesecake Factory. Uh, With DoorDash, you're not just getting the things you love, but supporting the community you love too. From the stores and restaurants to the dashers driving around, each purchase provides a new opportunity for everyone involved. Because with DoorDash, there's a neighborhood of good in every order. For a limited time, our listeners can get 50% off up to $20 value and $0 delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app. Enter code ANMA. That's 50% off up to a $20 value and $0 delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app. In the App Store, enter code ANMA. Don't forget, that's code ANMA for for 50% off up to a $20 value and $0 delivery fees with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Now for a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I'm sure we've all uh, encountered a situation where there's a, a problem facing us, either in our personal life or at work, and your brain just goes into like that overload mode where it just focuses on uh, that problem instead of you know trying to find solutions to it. Uh, you know, what if that situation could go differently with a you know uh, a, a different mindset? It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life, but when you learn to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem-solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. I think uh, it's absolutely awesome uh, You know, if to, if to get an outside perspective, uh, and I think that therapy helps provide that. You know, If you want a sounding board or you know, you've got one of these problems that you want to hear uh, some someone help you navigate through it, uh, I think it's absolutely in, uh, a great thing, hands down, no problem. Nope. I think it's absolutely a great thing, uh, no asterisks, no caveats. So if you think of getting therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. You can get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. When you want 
Uh, to be a better problem solver, therapy can help you get there. Visit betterhelp.com slash anma today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash anima. Working downtown was always interesting, uh, especially when we had to work late on the weekends or doing South by Southwest, just like having to deal with the crowds of drunk people or the the homeless people or someone who was, you know, out of their mind on something. It was just, oh, it was always a grab bag as yeah. to, you know, who you were going to run into and I felt like I had a really bad run for a while with uh, <laughs> uh, getting harassed by homeless people when our office was downtown. I remember I was walking with you one time, and I was walking up Congress. I think we were heading back to the office, and uh, this homeless woman got in front of me and like started walking backwards in front of me and was like pointing in my face going, I know you. <laughs> and I was like, pardon me? She goes, you raped me once. Oh, my God. Violently. And I said, no. <laughs> Just like Whoa. kept walking. Yeah, here, here's here. I'll put this in context. Uh, that kind of shit happens so much. I don't remember that. Wow. Like it didn't stand out. <laughs> oh my god! Like that, that memory. Does, but there was like you were talking about our parking because we were at Seventh and Congress when we worked downtown, and our parking lot was the Littlefield parking Littlefield lot, Girls, right? Yeah. Which is uh, on the other side of Sixth like Sixth and Brazos. Sixth and Brazos. And it would there was nothing worse than working late on a Friday or Saturday night and having to walk back to through down Congress and then into that parking garage and then up that parking garage mm-hmm. to get to your car after like around 11 p.m. It was like, it was that kind of thing. There's just like homeless people pissing in the stairwells. Yeah. Everybody wants to fight. Everybody's just like, everybody's in a, like you'd have to dodge fights in the parking garage sometimes. Yeah. It's just so fucking annoying. And I'll say, because, you know, this is all when we worked downtown 2010, maybe, 2008. It would have been like 07 to 10. Uh, yeah, 07, 07, 07 to 09, 10 or so, yeah. Uh, I lived in, I lived downtown for two years, like in 2018, 2017, 2018, I want to say. And, uh, part of why, well, I wanted to buy a home again and, uh, I was just renting a place, but, um, part of why I decided not to get a condo downtown because I really did like downtown living. I mm-hmm. liked being able to go downstairs and have 400 restaurants to choose from. I was, I was, I was perfectly situated between Trader Joe's and Whole Foods. Oh. So it's like. I had two grocery stores that I could walk to within a block of me. It's a great spot, too. Yeah, I lived at this place called the Bowie, and uh, it was fucking awesome. But I was... uh, Part of the joy of living downtown was going out and experiencing the city. Mm -hmm. And so you go... I would walk every night for like an hour and a half, two hours. I had a lot on my mind. I was working through a lot in my personal life, and I kind of needed to get out and... like pace and, mm-hmm. and figure shit out and i would get like harassed by a homeless person once or twice by the time i left i was almost getting into fights five or six times a night mm. it just like it became so overwhelming the amount amount of just like angry aggressive people mm-hmm. around constantly it, dro- it drove me the fuck away and i wouldn't live downtown again because of it it sucks because it's like it's really cool austin's got a really cool downtown but it's just it's an aggressive angry place mm-hmm. anymore that's uh, a lot of places. It's yeah, fun, no, I, these are these, this is this is what happens when a, a tiny little college town becomes a big city, right? Yeah. Like you get big city problems, but and I feel like uh, people in this town are always well. There's not everyone, but there's an element of people in this town who are trying to agitate that, though. Yes, and who are trying to make the problem seem way worse than it is. And if, if, I'm not saying there's not a problem. Yeah, uh, but there are people like crimes out of control in Austin. Like, well, I mean, it's actually really low for a city really low. this yeah. size you know I'd, it's up sure but uh it's still even as up as it is it's still 
really incredibly I would low still, for a city this size. As a dude, I would still walk down just about any street in Austin at two in the morning. I might have to deal with it. Might be annoying, you know. You might have to deal with drunk people or, or some weird homeless people, but I don't feel mega unsafe anywhere. Mm-hmm. It was more just not wanting to deal with being hassled, right? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, uh, this is gonna seem like a tangent, but you're talking about like encountering strange people or like feeling mm-hmm. unsafe made me think about uh, a story a time that you and I went to Baltimore and uh, motherfucker what are you doing <laughs> yeah that's exactly <laughs> the motherfucker, story motherfucker what are you doing that's exactly the story I was thinking of oh my god we were in Baltimore for Otakon and uh, great convention by the way yeah great convention if you're in the anime conventions that's a good one and uh, <laughs> we uh, we were done for the day. I don't remember if we were done with the, the entire event or what. But nope. you know, we wanted to, so just so we were done for the day. We wanted to get a drink, so we were staying at a hotel pretty close to the convention center. So we go back to the hotel, drop off our stuff, and we're like, "All right, where are we going to go get a drink?" And there, were, like walking out of the hotel, first of all, there was like a Maybach parked right in the there, driveway. There was a Maybach that rolled up, and all four doors opened up, and like it was like a smoke machine of weed smoke, <laughs> like just billowing, yeah. billowing out of the car. It was hilarious. It was like a rap video. It was really funny. And uh, so we look to our left, and uh, there's like a, a bar right there, and uh, we're like, "All right, we'll just go there and get a drink." So we walk out, walk over there to the left, and. Walk up to the door of this bar, and it's like, it's almost. It was really dim in there. I remember that. Mm-hmm. It was a. It was. It looked like. It looked like a stereotypical bar out of the wire, <laughs> like uh, very narrow and long, mm-hmm. with a long bar with a bartender behind it, and just kind of dim. And uh, so we walk in and sit out at the bar, get a couple beers or whatever. I don't remember what we were drinking. And uh, as we're sitting there drinking our beers, remember we're really close to the convention center. This dude walks in in a, a costume, like obviously an attendee from Otakon. <laughs> uh, do you want to describe his costume? I'll do it. Yeah. So there was these like kind of tough guy, gangstery kind of thuggish dudes hanging out at the bar, uh, minding their business, you know, just having their drinks and enjoying their life. And this kid walked in. This young kid. He was probably, I guess, he was twenty one. Must have been, but he was in a. A banana costume. Mm-hmm. I guess it was like a peanut butter jelly time kind of thing. Okay. You know, like it was just like a young kid in a banana costume. And <laughs> I don't know. Like, exactly he how he to walked tell in and it's like like almost like in a like a record, like a record scratch, scratch moment where like everyone stops what they're doing. Everyone in the bar stops cold and turns and looks at the door at this kid who who walked in and it's silent. It is like absolutely silent. And the kid must realize. That something has changed because he stops in the doorway, and someone at the bar just really one of loudly. Those dudes yeah, one of those dudes just really loudly. Motherfucker, what are you doing? <laughs> it, 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 it's a really funny moment in my mind to me. But uh, man, that kid must have been. He was horrified. Terrified. He was yeah. terrified. <laughs> and, and he was like, I remember he was like, it's a costume. And they're like, whatever. And he just came in and had drinks with his friends or whatever. But he yeah. still came in? Yeah. yeah, I think he did. Oh, yeah. my God. But they were like, it was, it, was just, it was just forceful in that moment. Yeah. Like the entire bar stopped. I wish we'd had more time to explore Baltimore. I've only been to Baltimore once or twice, but it was always... I just remember being told that it was the STD capital of the U.S. Oh, cool. Whoa. When we went. And then we walked down a street of bars that I thought were bars, but it was like all scary strip clubs with like Mm. barkers out front yelling at us. And like, and we just hung out in the hotel. Yeah. I think. What was that like going to, I mean, you guys went to a lot of conventions, right? Like, like a lot of conventions. Is that? 20, 
ish a year. Yeah. Uh, like, was that like one of the top ones? For a couple of years. Yeah. Oticon was a convention we did very well at. It's a lot of people. It was a, it was a relatively large convention. And it was like our biggest represent, representation on the East Coast, right? Like, we do a lot of events in New York. Yeah. But this is pre PAX. If you don't count Florida. Yeah, if we you don't do, count Florida, we would do some big events in Florida. But Florida is kind of its own world. Yeah. Um, but we did like we did JCon and MegaCon and DreamCon, which is a different DreamCon now. I yeah, think. it's just, not the, the same current one. DreamCon is a different than that it's one. Very different than we did. Um, and then uh, yeah, we do Oticon on the East Coast, and then just like events at like the Lincoln Center and stuff in New York. But mm-hmm. uh, most of the conventions are in California, you know. Huh. Like Fanime, Anime Reactor. Well, that Anime Reactor was Oh, Anime Chicago. Reactor was Chicago. I'm yeah. thinking of Anime Expo. Yeah. Um, there, were, there were also like um, stuff, even besides PAX, there were other events like up in Washington State, mm-hmm. Seattle, like uh, Emerald City Comic Con. Emerald Comic-Con. City Comic Con, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was funny for a, a long time. That was our, you know, we lo- when we were looking to really grow the audience, was like trying to find any anime convention. I forget what the threshold was. It had like 30,000 attendees or higher, something like that. What I would do is I would Wikipedia anime conventions and I would sort, I'd get lists and I'd sort by attendance and anything over 10,000 we would look mm. at. Oh, yeah. that's smart. And that's how, that's how we built our, our touring business was we would look at any convention that had over 10,000 people and then we would try to hit it at least once. And yeah. then if it was good, like a Dragon Con or, an, or f- you know... Yeah. Uh, what's the, the one up in Canada we still Fan, Fan Expo, Expo. Yeah. then we would hit it every year the, the, the problem with a lot of those bigger events are programmed around holidays mm-hmm. like specifically Labor Day was always the worst because it was PAX Fan Expo and Dragon Con all that weekend yeah. and there were not enough of us to do all we, three of them we would split we would do our best though like Matt and I would go to Dragon Con like you and somebody would go up to Fan Expo. Yeah. yeah. It was it was rough. I went to Dragon Con a few times. <laughs> the thing that always stuck, sticks out in my mind about drag, Dragon Con is lots of stormtroopers. Stormtroopers and kilts, right? Yeah. It was like all stormtroopers and kilts. That's what I remember about Dragon Con. Uh, and uh and and hot dogs at the varsity. Yeah, hot dogs at the varsity. We went oh this might be a good segue for something I wanted to talk about. We went uh to uh, Mulligans one time when I went there with Matt. We uh-huh. had the ham dog. I don't know if you remember the ham dog and the Luther I never burger. went to Mulligans, but I've heard stories. Yeah, we went there with uh, we went there with some how can I put this? We went there with some people who we saw at lots of conventions. Are these the people that you wanted to tell stories about? Yes. Okay. There, there was there was these couple of guys that weren't necessarily like they weren't content creators. They 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 sold software. But they were at lots of these conventions, and we were always relatively close to them. Like, when I say, cl- I mean, like, physically, like, our booths were always like. Kind of like how we became friends with Mega right, 64. Same general area. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if we, you know, if we saw these guys at, a, at an event, we'd always be like, hey, what do you do after the event? You know, let's go get a drink or let's go get something to eat or whatever. And we hung out with these guys all over the United States <laughs> at all these different events. And they always had the worst stories yeah. and the worst things that had happened to them. Um, one of them was kind of a, kind of a fuck up, <laughs> and uh, <Yeah. laughs> we'd be like, "Oh, how's the event going? <laughs> oh, it's much better than Amsterdam. What happened in Amsterdam? Well, I lost all our software and lost all our money. What? <laughs> it was always stories like that. Oh. Yeah. Um, like I, I left the company in a cab, and we lost it. <laughs> no, the cash box. The cash box. Oh. Yeah. It was. It was always stories like that. Uh, I remember one time we were at. San Diego Comic Con, uh, and we, that year we were staying at that hotel right next to the convention center. What is that? The Marriott, yeah. or yeah, we're staying at the Marriott, and 
um, we're down in the hotel bar having drinks and drink, you know, having drinks with these guys. And uh, the, the two of them were like, yeah, you know, uh, we, we're going to hang out with these girls we met earlier. I was like, all right, cool. Have fun. They took off and, you know, those rich teeth folks just finished having drinks there in the bar or whatever. Finished the night, went to bed. I remember waking up the next morning, coming downstairs into the lobby of the Marriott because I'm going out to go to the convention center to begin working. And one of those dudes comes up in a cab, gets out of the cab. It's He's still wearing the same clothes from last night. It doesn't look like he slept. His hair is like, his hair is all fucked up. And I'm like, good night. And he just gives me like a thumbs up. <laughs> he, he, he was like, see you in a few minutes. Walked into the hotel like, man. Wow. Took a dump and went back to the convention floor probably. Those, those dudes... If we did 20 to 25 events a year, they were doing 40 to 50. Yeah. I think. It was like every weekend for them. Yeah, that was their business. I don't, I don't know. Which, you know, you've done a ton of conventions. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's yeah, an yeah. exhausting way to live a life. Uh, especially the way that you just described it, where it's like, yeah, okay, we're going to have drinks. Oh, we're going to go out and do this thing. Okay, I don't get back to the hotel until six. Yeah. Okay, I got to be at the convention in 90 minutes. Yeah. What am I doing? Like, and then you're just... And that's day one. Yeah, you know what I mean. One. Like you're, you're just like, why did I do this to myself? Doing that for, imagine doing that forty five weekends out of the year. It's a lot easier to do when you're like twenty five. Oh, a hundred percent. I couldn't, I couldn't do conventions now. I like would that. die now. No, no, it, no. I would go be like, all right, the convention's done. Great, I'm gonna go lay down. Bye. Yeah. Like, that would be it. I feel like you and I also did conventions a little differently than everybody else. At least everybody else in RT, and I, and this is not meant to be an insult to anybody who insult. did a convention with us. Get him. Get him. Jeff's insulting get someone, but. Conventions for you and I, we considered to be a very important part of our job and yeah, our career. And we absolutely. took them very fucking seriously. Mm-hmm. And I felt like nobody else did. <laughs> I felt like the rest of the company was like, let's go explore Seattle. Oh, I heard there's a steak restaurant. Let's get a fancy steak dinner. And Gus and I were like, we got to fucking work. We're here to work. Yeah. Let's not do that. Let's, we, 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 have the, like, we have shit to do in this booth. We have 2,000 shirts to fold. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And uh, that was always the frustrating thing. And part of why I love doing conventions with you, other than the fact that we were just such good friends and I love spending time with you, was just that like you took it seriously yeah. and I didn't have to fucking twist your arm to get you to do your job. Yeah. And, every, and I felt like you and I were there, constantly battling other people in that situation. There are a lot of... It, it, it's funny because, you know, when... I think our goal was always to try to make the experience as seamless and fun for anyone who wanted to come to our booth as yes. possible. We wanted but, to give everybody that bought something a show. Like, right, their own experience. And there is so much unglamorous work that goes yeah. into that. Yeah. You know, whether it's like, oh, I've got to print this banner. Oh, shit, the banner doesn't have grommets. I need the, you're right, like... I, uh, I, I have to, to fight with a union. Right. <laughs> oh, God. I have, the, they want $700 to move this pallet 15 feet, you know, it's just all these little wanna, things that wear you down that you can't let show uh, when the doors finally open. There was always like a, a union coordinator that was behind a little booth that we would go to and we'd clock that person first and we would do everything in our power to be as engaging and endearing and oh, as friendly yep. and memorable and memorable to yeah. those people as possible. And that would make your life when it was Sunday and shit was being torn down and you needed shrink wrap and there was no shrink wrap to be found. Those people were your lifeline. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the leftover snacks and drinks yeah. uh, uh-huh. came in. hundred yeah. percent. You start, you, you see them around the floor and you make friends and you go, Oh, we got these cupcakes. You want a cupcake? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, you want a drink? Oh, we got this stuff. Oh, Hey, let me sneak you a beer. Like yeah. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday comes and you go, Oh man, this stuff, this, Oh, we, 
this pallet, and then they walk by and they go, I didn't see a pallet. And you yeah. go, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then you're good to go. Yeah. It, uh, it's, uh, you learn a lot doing that. It's a lot, a lot that I think uh, if you haven't worked a convention, you don't think about. Yeah. It's funny because I remember we went to so many events. I thought we knew everything in and out about an event. And then we were like, yeah, we can run our own event. We can run RTX. <laughs> and it's like, oh, shit. No, there's like a whole other level here. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time we were in a meeting for RTX 2012, which was the first time we had at the convention center. And uh, we were, it was something dumb. It's like, all right, uh, in this part of the hall, we're just going to set up a, a table with uh, some Xboxes and TVs. And then it's like, okay, cool. Uh, where's the table coming from? Uh, okay, uh, we solved that. Uh, do you want a skirt on that table? Okay, what color is the skirt? Okay, uh, how are, uh, do these need to be connected to the internet? Okay, how are we getting power there? Uh, I don't know, drill a hole in the table. Okay, where's the drill coming from? Where's the hole going to go? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh Who's my Who's drilling? God. Right. Every single step, every single little thing needs to be like a punch list behind it in mm-hmm. order to get it done. Like, oh my God, this is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Uh, just like every single planning, every single thing. Like every, when you go to an event, every everything had to be thought of. Like there were so many steps to even getting like a floor sign yeah. done. Like who's printing it? Who's who's providing the graphics? Where's it going to go? Who's going to put it there? Who's going to take it down? We, what's going to be on it? Oh my god! Mm-hmm. It is a uh, nothing I mean, just gets done. Right. It is an insane amount of work for everything, and yeah. then the doors open and everything goes to shit immediately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then it's just pandemonium. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right about like doing convention stuff and putting on a show for every single person that comes through. Yeah, you just that's what that's what it is. That's what a convention is because you deal with thirteen thousand people when you're working a booth or whatever. But that person who comes up is de- only dealing with you, right? You know? And so that's what they're looking for. And so if you can be as memorable as possible or whatever, then. You know, that's really where like fan stuff comes from. I think some of the best work Gus and I ever did comedically was in the booth. Oh, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> it's just like like just the bits yeah. we would do and the improv, and we always had music playing, and we were always like, it was it was we would like we would like make this kid talk to this yeah. kid yeah. and have it. It was just like yeah, it was yeah. it was a lot of fun, and it was probably the most exhausting work we did. It was like you're doing that for them to perform for them or whatever but really like you're just doing it for yourself yeah. like if you can just get everyone else in the booth like if you get a laugh from something then you're like oh great we it nailed it yeah, yeah yeah Derek would play Gangnam Style years after it went out of style <laughs> and then it would get near the end and he would pause it and yell remix and then just rewind to a random point and just have it play again it was like debilitating to be around if you're outside of the booth we're like rolling on the ground crying because it's so funny to us and it's that kind of like last day mentality that's the stuff that i miss most about doing conventions you guys were honestly like part of what made it uh, bearable for us because we could always fuck with y'all and you guys always fucked with us like playing pranks on mega 64 was like gave me life back in those days like you guys would leave for the night and we would put we would plaster all of your shit with Red versus blue posters oh, yeah. Yeah. and tape it down. Like, yeah, we used to, I used to love doing that <laughs> oh, stuff. Oh, it's fun as hell. It was super cool. Just turning everything in your booth backwards. Yeah, it's just that stuff where you go, this is for us. It's entertaining for people on the outside if they're seeing this thing, like, oh my God, did you yeah. hear about this thing that ha- whatever is for us? Yeah. And that's the best. That's always when Absolutely. it's like the most fun. Well, uh, um, 
we can cut this if we need to. Uh, another fun game that we like to play was at the end of the day, uh, you know, you, we'd have like a cash box. So we'd mm-hmm. take it back to like someone's hotel room and it'd be like, uh, hey, let's go count this money in your room, Jeff. Like, okay. And then we'd get in. The first thing I'd do is pick up his TV remote and start buying porn. <laughs> <laughs> as much porn as I could on his TV <laughs> before he found me and stopped me. <laughs> He would. You have, to, you have to leave that in. That's fucking hilarious. He would. He was fucking. It was brutal. I must. Uh, I must. Uh, <laughs> you've, you've spent thousands of dollars in hotel room porn on the I company dime. Like, I was just like constantly oh jerking it. <laughs> we would sit. And we would just count out the cash, and we we were doing Breaking Bad shit before Breaking Bad. Right. Yeah. Laying around on the money and fucking yeah. Oh god, dude, that's great. That's so funny. I was Bill Burr and Gus was Huel. Nice. Uh, <laughs> we're right around the fifty-minute mark, so we need to uh, we need to rate the coffee. We need to make guesses. Oh, yeah. and everything. Oh. So we went to Joe's. This was Joe's. Uh, Gus was nice enough to bring this because I'm, it, I'm in the middle of a production. Yeah, everyone's so, super slammed. Yeah, today, I'm a producer too. Yeah, that's how I go. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So Gus picked this up. What do you think, Jeff? What do you think of the cold brew from Joe's? Uh, I'm gonna give it an eight. Okay. It's good. It's okay. It's good. It's better than a seven. Your scale is insane. It's better than a seven. Your scale is fucking wild. Especially after your last... uh, (laughs) Not as good as last week, but... Uh, No, it's not nearly as good as... It's fine. Uh, Six... Seven. I ran totally into fine. I ran into Blaine earlier when I was looking for you, and yeah. he was like, "How was Satan? Did you like it?" And I was like, "Yeah, it was really, really good." And he's like, "That's my recommendation." That and was like, it. Was he was, was so like, excited to okay. recommend? I was like, "Well, it smelled like shit." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's really into where we go get coffee. Yeah, he's I really didn't know that. I work great. out with him all the time, and it's like he gets excited because he'll wait a couple of weeks and like have a couple of episodes to listen to, and then he'll listen to something. He'll be like, "Have you guys been to this place yet? Have you guys done this?" Oh, when they talked about this, and it's like, "This is great." It's always so weird to me when I find out other people in the company listen to yeah. this or anything I'm mm-hmm. in, you know? Yeah. Kind of creeps me out. Uh, I think this is fine coffee. I think this is, uh, I've had it before for like a drive through and I'm, I'm with Gus like a six or a seven. Yeah. It's fine. It's, it's fine. like, I would get it if I'm in that area and I just want a quick cup of coffee. You know what? I'm going to revise my, I'm going to say, because I'm sitting here thinking about it. It's not true. It's a 7.8. Oh, okay. Oh. It's not quite an eight. It's Great. a 7.8. Great. It's Very better cool. than you're describing it, but not much. Um, so let's get to some guesses for what the name is because we have to get it right. We have to get it this time. Okay. This is the Pressure's 20th on. episode, so we have to get it. I mean, it only makes sense, right, um, to get it on 20. Uh, uh, Big 2 Freya says, audience, meet Austin. No. <sighs> thought that was a, I thought that was a good... That's a good, it's a, that's a good guess. That's a, actually a really good guess. Um, Pat... Animated mechanical animals. <laughs> no. Um, Even okay. with Dream Logic, that one doesn't make sense. Okay. I'm just throwing that out there. How about how I got one? Okay. Animation Manimation. <laughs> that has to be the name of the podcast. That's mind blowing, but <laughs> yeah. no. No? Oh. Okay. Um, one more. Um, uh, all right, Josh, I'm going to guess your guess, but this ain't it, bud. Austin me Austin. Yeah, I didn't think so, but I had to be, you know, just try to. You throw it out it there. You got to say it. That way people stop guessing it. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. Those are all the guesses that I can think of. Are we close? Are we in the ballpark? No. Oh, fuck. I'm excited to Not have the uh, Austin Java Redemption episode. That's going to be good. We should do that. So we're pre-recording a few of these. We're typically... Like week of... Yeah, we like we do this on like a Monday. It comes out like the next week. That's usually how this goes. But we have some offs. We have some productions and stuff. So we're pre-recording. So I'm excited in a few weeks when we get back, we have to do that. We yeah, have we to have do to. Austin, Austin Java has to be it. Yeah, we've done like three episodes in the last like six days or something. Yeah, right? because so some like, people are uh, in the middle of production. Some people aren't going to be in the city of Austin. Um, 
you know, just, you know, typical stuff. Things are falling apart. The wheels are off. It's pure. Yeah. yeah. If, if I, things it, are in flames. If only it affected one of the shows that I produce. Instead I'm of allowed all. to have a vacation. You are. I'm not saying you can't. He's not I'm guilt tripping you. He's guilt tripping me. But you're in. Oh, yeah. Are you taking another vacation? <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is my fourth attempt at a vacation this year, and it's the first one I've taken. You really should knock one out. It's yeah, you should I, love to. I, I, please, I highly please recommend have one. Them. Jesus. I'm working on it. Okay. Um, I think that's good. I'm going to retweet something, I, if this is right. If not, this is making the episode, and there won't be a retweet. Is this the sign for Stop the Crusher? I, that looks like it. I think that's it. Yeah. Awesome. All right, you can check Where it did, out. Did someone send that on yep. Twitter? Sounds like PDM is uh, tweeted this. And so Anima Podcast, the house episode, is all they said. And then it was a picture of Stop the Crusher, and that's the sign. I'm pretty sure that's the sign. Yep, I just retweeted it from the Anima account. So, wait, hey, way to go. Sounds like PDM. Gr- great fucking job. Also, everyone's mad because I haven't posted the uh, Halloween thing, that um, your Halloween village yet. Hey, here's what. Yeah. Here's the deal. Pe- okay. People sh- people can be a little nicer to you. <laughs> I'm, si- I'm sick of it. I'm si- I saw all the... All the- face hate yeah. last week. You don't deserve it. Yeah, no, you're, I don't. It's you're, true. You're doing a great job. Mm. People, be nice to Eric. God no, damn it. You're going to run Eric off and then there's going to be nobody to produce our Mostly, podcast. Mostly, you don't even have to be nice to me. Just leave me alone. Just yeah. be just, a little be just, a little civil goat just to sh- Eric. Yeah, just when, shut up. Whenever Eric says thank you, God bless at the end of any kind of post, take that as a don't respond. Yeah. That's it, his way of telling you to leave him the fuck alone. I like when it's that and then people are like, can you believe his bad attitude? And I go, I'm sorry. And they go, hey, you know what? I'm sorry. And it's like, what is this? What the fuck is going on? Awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay, we did it. Another episode. Um Next one, hopefully, uh, Austin Java Redemption. Yeah, yeah. The episode twenty-one, our twenty-fifth yeah. episode. Our t- <laughs> we're uh, we're getting close to having to record some more. Yeah, yeah, we'll think yeah. about it. Uh, any parting words for everyone listening? Um, don't throw beer bottles at anyone. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if you hate a place and you don't remember why, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Like that famous song. <laughs>